Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. On today's Movie Talk, Benioff and Weiss are out of Star Wars. Then we've got Netflix testing playback speeds and Delta censoring the movie Booksmart. All on today's show. Good morning, everyone. We have a... Very, very interesting lineup today. Not the best news across the board, but we're going to have some great discussion on all of these stories with Vinny and Coy. Let's get a quick rundown of the top stories in our call sheet. First up on the list is obviously the headline news this morning. Deadline is reporting that David Benioff and D.B. Weiss have exited their deal with Disney and Lucasfilm to create a Star Wars trilogy. The pair released this statement. We love Star Wars. When George Lucas built it, he built us too. Getting to talk about Star Wars with him and the current Star Wars team was the thrill of a lifetime, and we will always be indebted to the saga that changed everything. There are only so many hours in the day, and we felt we could not do justice to both Star Wars and our Netflix projects, so we regretfully are stepping away. All right, moving on to story number two now. News recently broke that Netflix has begun testing variable playback speeds in its Android app, which usually does signal the first step to the feature becoming available on all Netflix platforms. As reported by Variety, the feature allows viewers to play movies and TV shows at lower or greater speeds. More on this and what Judd Apatow in particular has to say about it later in the show. Next up now, in other uh, content-altering news, I guess you would say, Delta passengers have noticed that elements of Caitlin Deaver's character's journey in the movie Booksmart were edited out of the movie, specifically the elements that dealt with her character's queer identity. Olivia Wilde and her cast were not happy about this, and we're going to get into their thoughts in just a bit as well. Moving on, if you're looking for a little background information on the upcoming Obi-Wan series, here's an interesting little detail that Ewan McGregor shared with Coming Soon. It wasn't always going to be a series, not initially. When we first started talking about it, that wasn't really in the cards, but everything's changed so much so quickly. It's really exciting that it is now. I'm really into the idea to be able to tell the story over several hours instead of just one hit. I think it's going to be quite cool. Fingers crossed for that one. Now we've got one last call sheet item for you today. Briefly, we've got a quote from Infinity War and Endgame executive producer Trin Tran 
plan that offers up a loose timetable on when we might see another endgame level event in the MCU. Here's what she told Cinema Blend. Over 10 years ago, it's always been our dream to get to Infinity War and endgame level. We didn't know, obviously, where that was going to go at the start of the studio, but it's incredible to know that we were able to accomplish that. Now it'd be amazing if we could get to that level 10 years later. So I think it's a dream to continue doing that and build upon the MCU and the connective tissue that we have. You could check out the full quote on this on Collider.com. All right, guys. Welcome to the doom and gloom panel of movie talk today. Happy yeah, I mean they're just like kind of bummer stories, but we're gonna have a really interesting conversation right now with Coy and Vinny. Hello. Hi, guys. Happy I wish to I be could, here. I wish I could have boosted Happy your mood with a series of positivity. I know. We came here to talk about movies. We got really like, excited, mm, and then we saw the rundown and censorship rest in peace. and firing and and. And dystopia and dystopia and technology. The only bright side is that really all three of these stories are well worth discussing yeah. and, uh, you know, shape the future of the Star Wars film franchise <laughs> and kind of shape the, shape the future of, of content viewing in general, which is kind of crazy. But we got to kick it off with the big Star Wars news. When that headline dropped last night, I was absolutely shocked did this come as a surprise to you guys especially after the end of game of thrones wasn't so well received well i mean i think any news that drops at nine pacific time on a on a monday night will be a surprise i i I don't think anyone you know with the gift of sitting on it for a little bit no one's surprised because I think this was uh, something that people were like, well, this, this might happen. And then like, they just kept digging their hole deeper. But I don't think I expected it to be like this. I, I, I didn't think I expected them to just be like, it's 9 o'clock on a, on a, on a Monday or, or midnight on the East Coast. Uh, and just ending this massive deal outright. I thought they'd like slowly phase them out. But it's just like, no, we're not making a Star Wars trilogy anymore. I think I'd hit the point where I had convinced myself that if it was Benioff and Weiss and Ryan Johnson, Ryan Johnson's films were going to be the first to go. So I think I was just a little shocked that this news flat out came on their side of it. I was surprised because when you sent me the rundown, I didn't, I hadn't heard it because I was in, I was in, a, I was watching like Knives Out last yeah. night. I was Good watching morning, a Ryan Johnson Coy. film last night. I was in Ryan Johnson's Knives Out, Knives so ironically, out and... that's how. Yeah. Yeah. So ironically, when I came out, I was like, oh, there's somebody off of Weiss news. So I like didn't read into it because I thought I'd just <laughs> check it this morning. So then I woke up this morning, I was like, oh, the news oh, I did. News, news. Oh, this really. <laughs> so it was way bigger than I expected. I agree. I expected like a slow roll phase out, like a like a more of a trickle. Uh, and then it's it's not surprising now that the dust has settled though. So it feels really weird to be like what crazy news that makes sense so do you guys think it has anything to do with the poor reception to the end of game of thrones or do you think (laughs) it is as straightforward as they put it in their statement i don't don't, they just couldn't spare the time i don't think for a a second (laughs) it's it's because they couldn't fit it into a time and like it's such it's it's tough because like i don't i don't want to you know publicly celebrate two people losing a star wars franchise that's that's a bummer for them, personally. They'll be fine. They have a nine-figure Netflix deal. I'm not saying, like, oh, these poor guys. With, now they have to settle for the nine-figure Netflix deal. And I don't want to just publicly celebrate it, but it, it, I don't for a second think that Disney was just like, yeah, it's fine that you don't have time to make a Star Wars trilogy. I, 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 Disney does not mess around with Star Wars. I, at this point, I do think that there are an equal amount of people that have been removed from Star Wars movies than have actually made the Star Wars movies. It's, was it Trank? 
and Josh Trevorrow, Trent, Colin Trevorrow. Trevorrow, even uh, Gareth Edwards to a yeah. degree. And like technically George Lucas, who who like handed in Ooh. his outline for sequels and they were like, mm, no, uh, th- that that technically, you know, he, he made them and then he didn't make them. But I just feel like Disney has a very clear way they want these Star Wars movies to be made. And they saw the pub, they, they saw what it would be like to have from the creators of Game of Thrones on a trailer that they, they just... I think they just cut cut their losses at this point. So do you think it was creative differences, too, in addition to from the creators of Game of Thrones? Or at least the Game of Thrones show? Yeah, well, it's hard to say because they're, the, the fact that they also have this Netflix deal, I I, I just don't think that, that, that Disney liked the idea of, of sharing anything, anything with a nine-figure Netflix deal. So mm-hmm. I, I, it, it kind of, to me, if there was creative differences, it came from them you know, like not focusing on this as much as they should have been. Huh. I mean, that's a little bit of a, that, a little bit of a scary thought because also when we're talking about streaming services, and I think that some of this has worked in certain entities' uh, benefit, them aligning themselves with specific creators and, you know, giving out mm. these gigantic nine-figure deals. So if any of Disney's motivation to part ways with them came from the fact that we don't want to share them we could have a near future that resembles the past in terms of only certain people working with certain companies and that is that's it (laughs) i don't i don't like it i i I don't think i again i i'm just to to say it plainly i'm happy they're not making a star wars trilogy i i I don't i don't want to again i don't want to celebrate anyone maybe getting fired but i'm very happy that david benioff and dan weiss are not making a Star Wars trilogy. But I also am worried about how often Disney just like cuts ties with people mm-hmm. who they don't like the way they're making a Star Wars movie. I don't know how you feel about it, but I, I, I'm very conflicted about how happy I should be publicly about two people losing a Star Wars movie. I'm with you on the the foundation of anyone losing a job that is a dream job. I don't want to ever yeah. celebrate anyone that's like, yeah, you, you've worked really hard. And whether you like their content or not, they've worked really hard to get to the point of having that content out there. Like whether or not, I mean, that interview notwithstanding, uh, they've worked really hard. Um, so it's really tricky to celebrate that. But at the same time, I, I didn't want to see two of the most aggressive fandoms in the world combine. Uh, like I just didn't want to see the rage of Game of Thrones people and the rage of Star Wars people have a united front. So for me, this is a celebration of maybe Star Wars going more positively. I mean, this is this is a franchise about like finding peace and not leading towards the dark side. That like hate is a problem in the universe. That you know, like certain it's it's a very clear line in the sand. The Star Wars films, like there is a very clear allegory to what they're talking about, and it's somehow been very missed by modern audiences. Some modern audiences. So I didn't want them to have that. Plus, like you know, the the rape undercurrent. Like I don't I don't need that much negativity in my content. I don't need this hyper aggressive, hyper masculine, hyper distorted view of one thing mixed with what a lot of Star Wars audience has 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 put forward as their Star Wars. So I would love if the Star Wars fandom like takes a breather. I wouldn't mind a couple years off. I wouldn't mind if they focused uh, on like you know the Mandalorian and like a lot more of the content that we know is coming. And like I just I I love 
what Star Wars can be so much. I'd love to let it get back to being that. I don't think Disney is ever going to let that happen. I think yeah. they carved out that release that release date and also with where they have situated the Avatar movies. Yeah. I think they are purposely dominating the release calendar with their franchises and they're not going to let that up. But I mean, that just brings up the next question I had for you guys, which is what's next? So you do think they're going to take a break or do you think maybe, hey, the Kevin Feige movie that they just announced could fill this 2020 gap or who knows? Maybe they'll put uh, more urgency in uh, Ryan Johnson's projects. I I agree that the world in general could probably use a break from Star Wars movies. I, I think after Rise of Skywalker, it would be really nice if, if we went like five, six years without even touching a new trilogy. But like you said, they've carved out that space and something is going is something is coming in 2022. And I, and I don't. I don't think they're going to push forward with... I wish they'd push forward with the Ryan Johnson trilogy. I don't I, think they're going to. I, I don't, I, like, I don't this either, doesn't change how I feel about that at all, yeah, which no, is weird. No, not at all. I, I, I think that... I don't, I don't want to speculate that, that he had anything to do with it because I, that, that's, that's going down dicey territory, but I do think this spot is wide open for this Kevin Feige Star Wars movie. Uh, like I said, I don't want to be like, this was Kevin Feige's decision. He, he kicked them out because he secretly runs every branch of Disney, but... It kind of feels like well, that. I mean, it's just, I don't. I don't want to not say that. It's either, the way cause... it's timed. I mean, and again, a whole big batch of speculation here. Yeah. But it's like these kinds of conversations. It's not like they just happened last night. These yeah. could have been happening for weeks, if not months. You know, maybe I, the the Star Wars deal, I believe, became came to them before the Netflix thing. Yeah, so maybe they were already thinking something wasn't quite right, and then they line up the Kevin Feige one, and this is kind of just where the cards are falling right now. But that's that's why I don't buy the scheduling thing for a second, because it's not like Disney didn't know that they were signing with Netflix. It's like these. It's not like these two companies. It's, it, when 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 these decisions are made, conversations happen. It's not like Benioff and Weiss called. Disney were like, by the way, we just signed this Netflix deal. Like, yeah, they didn't call out of their day job. It's yeah, not exactly. like, oh, yeah, I got yeah, another exactly. job. Yeah. Can't make it to the office. Sorry. Like, it's a like, nine-figure yeah. deal. It's traffic it's... this morning. I can't make a Star Wars trilogy. Like, Both sides knew it was going on. It wasn't... Last night, Kathleen Kennedy wasn't like, you know what? <laughs> There's not enough time. It, it, <laughs> there was... There was a, a decision was made at some point, and I don't think that decision was made by Benioff and Weiss. But uh, we were talking about this before we went on air. The, the the language of this of these releases are are like identical mm-hmm. to any time someone leaves the Star Wars universe. It's like they have been a wonderful collaborator, and we hope to get them back in the galaxy far, far away someday in the future. And it's just like, well, you just fired them. That's what that means. And 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 I, again, not the worst decision, but it is it is getting a little. Uh, noticeable how many people are losing their Star Wars jobs. Noticeable and, I would say, alarming. Yeah, there's a lot of what-ifs now, because I really wanted to see the Lord and Miller solo. I still want to see the yeah, Lord and Miller so solo I. movie. They're, that's still, like, one of my dream films. And I don't know what this would have been. We knew so little about it. And the fact that it was about to get made and we still knew so little about it, now I'm wondering how much of it was, like, the usual Star Wars secrecy and how much mm-hmm. of it was, you know, the amount of problems they were having creatively behind closed doors. I it- think if I if I chose, like, a specific angle to believe on this, when it comes to Lord and Miller, I think that's, you know, uh, a hesitant 
uh, approach to the creative side of all of this, where they were afraid to go down a really unique path. Mm. Whereas this, to me, feels like big companies needing to gobble up people and say, <laughs> these are mine and you can't have yeah. them. So they don't necessarily fuel the same Star but, Wars concerns, but overall, the fact that everything feels so unstable. And yes, Star Wars Episode Nine: Rise of Skywalker could correct it, but right now... I was kind of looking forward to having like a little bit of a, a firm roadmap, especially with a release date so far in the future, to know that they're taking the time to develop these properly. And now all of a sudden it's like everything was blown up in my face and I don't know <laughs> what to make of the franchise. And I also, I, this to me, almost I think the, the biggest culprit, it seems like, was a reputation thing. I, Benioff and Weiss, were they, were they were damaged goods by the time Game of Thrones, which is such a really mean way to refer to two people. Mm-hmm. But they, this, this thread that was going around about their comments about getting hired uh, on Game of Thrones and how they were just sort of like, yeah, we, we didn't know what we were doing. And we just, want, we, we just came in and we don't know why George R. R. Martin gave us this material. And we wanted to strip Game of Thrones of its fantasy elements because we wanted to appeal to football players and it was just all these weird things the fact that that had reached that thread that that those comments had reached like a peak the day before they announced this is uh, again none of this is official this is not the official words this is not what was reported but it, it come on <laughs> like like it, that's 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 what happened they, they, their their names have been become something toxic and disney does not mess around with the reputation of their two big friends of, of Marvel and Star Wars. They don't, they don't, it's just, I, I'm not supporting it. It scares me that Disney owns everything, but the, the truth of the matter is that they don't mess around when it comes to the, the reputation of their franchises. I, I personally, with the Game of Thrones run we had leading up to this point, it, it's been nothing but bad press for them. And with the the like the Comic Con thing where they just they yeah. didn't come, I really would love to have a what feels like a full fledged support from everyone at Disney behind Star Wars. So for me, I I don't want to have it where it's like there's the team Ryan Johnson people and the team JJ people. I don't I'm I'm so sick of the rivalry among Star Wars fans. Like if you if you love a fandom, it's really exhausting when there's the Bloods and Crips thing going on within it. So I would love to have the new trilogy or anyone that's representing Star Wars be a united front behind them. So I, 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 from a PR standpoint, I see what you're saying, but I also would love if when they make an announcement, it's like, oh, that makes sense. That's perfect. Yeah. Who, is I, that, I never, who is that announcement in your mind? Because right now, we, if, we if I... We talked to Red for Air, John, did, John Favreau. Yeah, John Favreau. See, especially... That's the bummer thing. Is, I, I, I do think... have high hopes for Mandalorian. If Mandalorian comes out and it becomes, <laughs> well, you know... That's mu- the funny thing. I think the conversation on the Mandalorian was, like, so positive, And then they released this new trailer, and it was like, I'm really excited for the future of Star Wars. And then, like, two hours later, they're like, oh, no, that new... I think it's a, it's a doomed attempt to bury the story. That's yeah. with the, the release time of the information and also with trying to take attention away with look at this cool thing so you don't pay attention to this bummer of a thing. I think, like, a, a really big prestige director for, like, a single Star Wars or Jean Favreau for, like, a trilogy or, like... If they announce like something with David Fincher or someone that's like, how the hell did that happen? Like that would be an on all fronts, like everyone's in, or someone that's really safe, like John Favreau who hasn't done anything wrong. I think David Fincher would probably get fired from. Oh, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's like that's, one one person. Well, that's kind them. of the bummer thing is everyone's like, well, who do you think should take over? And I have all these ideas, and I'm like, but that person would probably get fired too. I know. Like I, it, it, 
Anyone that I could think of, I don't know, like what's what's a Guillermo del Toro Star Wars movie look like? What's like a Boots Riley Star Wars movie oh, look God. like? Like exactly, these are all such cool ideas. And I, as soon as they're like, hey, I have this wacky idea, that they'd be like, you're fired. Bring in Ron, <laughs> bring in Ron Howard. Get Ron Howard off of ice. Like it's I feel just like, like the only people that they could bring in that I would truly believe would stay are folks who have already done that within Disney, which mm-hmm. is limited mm-hmm. to John Favreau, Kevin Feige. Uh, who even Ryan knows Johnson? if the I, Russo brothers could jump from one major? I'm, ju- I'm not saying that they're going to do that or even that I want that to happen, but they're two individuals that have had such a long-standing relationship with Disney and with Marvel that if they were brought in, I would believe it would stick. And when they gave it to a David Fincher type, it was Ryan Johnson who yeah. had such a polarizing film. And but that, what's, that's so, what what's so funny is Ryan Johnson also ran like the most drama-free production. Like, like, nothing, like <laughs> you, never, you never heard anything. And they were like, by the way, Star Wars Episode Eight is wrapped. It's done everyone had a great time and everyone was like nice that's awesome that'll be a nice drama free time movie came out split the fandom in, in half well, it, it was a tiny it bit drama been right same. before with mark hamill and then it went away because everybody's like no actually yeah, i agree yeah, and so true. it was like this blip of drama and then by that like post-production was the opposite it was suddenly like this movie but he also went away and made not he was like okay I, that was fun to make a star war and went away made his own movie and that it's and now it's like oh i'm also working on my own trails it's just like a very quiet yeah. <laughs> drama free production thing and his movie is the one that sort of blew up the fandom and it's, it's just it's just funny how there's all this stuff going on behind the scenes in the, in the Star Wars world, apparently. And Ryan Johnson is just like very quietly working on his own stuff, just just trying to do his best as Ryan Johnson does. I would ask for predictions on what's going to happen next. Predictions. Like, I don't even, I, like, I don't know what to make of any of this. I don't think we're going to hear a single thing until well after the Mandalorian hits. The Mandalorian hits. Let's say the reviews are like sky high. This is mm-hmm. the greatest thing ever created. Then all of a sudden, I think they're going to open the door to a bigger role for Jon Favreau in Star Wars across the board. Disney Plus feature films going forward. I think they should give it to Filoni. I think yes. I think I think that I think they should do and honestly bring in both Favreau and I mean the, the, in terms of like the star the the people who have directed Star Wars before those two names are extremely boring because it's just been like just been white dudes mm-hmm. directing a Star Wars for ever uh but if they're going to go the safe route which they are because they're this is they they're coming off of firing two people at nine o'clock at night on a Monday. They're going to bring in a Ron Howard-ish choice. And I think if they must do that, Favreau and Filoni are the best people for the job. I think I would be most excited about that if they announced them as as a team, like yeah. an equal team going into this together. And maybe even a third name for a trilogy. Like I, I'd like to give the first one to Favreau, Filoni, and... I want to see a war movie with Star Wars. Like I want to see like I want to see like Catherine Bigelow. Like I want to see like you know I want to see a movie yeah. that we we've experienced recently as like that peak war experience of negativity. Because the moments in Solo I liked most were the ones where I was like, oh right, Star Wars has war in it. Yeah, and we haven't really seen that in 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 a while for me. So I, I'd love to see something different. But again, that's that's how you get fired. We'd all I was gonna say we'd all love to see something <laughs> different. Like I remember when they announced Rogue One and they were like, it's a heist movie set in the Star Wars universe, and I was like, that sounds amazing. And then it was only like kind of that like I, I feel like they they announce these amazing premises and then it's just sort of stripped down until it's just a star wars movie which is still great i'm like yes like lightsabers are the coolest but like i, I do i'd love to see something 
within the Star Wars universe that didn't just feel like another Star Wars movie, which is a strange thing to say. Like, I, 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 I don't know how to describe it because we haven't gotten it yet. Well, it's the challenge of any franchise continuing. Yeah. You want it to hold tight to the pillars that made it special to begin with, but you can't keep getting, no matter how much you love it, you can't keep getting the same thing over and over again. You have to make it new and fresh. And I think when it comes to a company like Disney in particular with their franchises continuing, they never have the nerve to take that big of a step away from how all of these franchises that they own have started and I think that's been to their detriment at this point. I think Disney should look to what DC's doing with like they're they're branching out and they're making such different films that all are under an umbrella but they're so different. Like Pixar movies all feel like Pixar even though there couldn't be more different and I think DC movies are starting to do the same where it's just so many risks and bold choices, but you know your audience is coming. Like, Joker is now the biggest R-rated of all time because yeah. it starred the Joker, but it also is a movie. I like, what's said an R-rated yesterday, Star Wars low, movie lower your budgets and take bigger risks. I would love the that. Pay, I, th- I think the payoff is going to be much bigger that I'd way. I'd love to see 10 $35 million Star Wars movies than a next $350 million Star Wars movie. Like People are, people are to going that. to come to a Star Wars movie. Like it, right. it's, it's, almost like, it's almost like we had, a, we had a really, really great piece by Adam Shitwood on the website that was like, we don't need another trailer for Rise of Skywalker because it's a Star Wars movie like the, the people are it's an event when a Star Wars movie comes out so to not take a chance cuz you're like what if people don't come to our Star Wars movie is absurd like like and 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 there's all these reports of Warner Brothers being worried about Joker they're like they're not, the Joker's not going to make money cuz it's an already movie <laughs> Now it's making so much money, and it's not even a surprise. Oh, like, the article saying like it was like this giant risk for Warner Brothers kept making me laugh. I'm like, guys, that's Batman's nemesis. He's going <laughs> to be just fine. This was a crafty budget. It's going to be made back the first weekend. And then it was. And, and I think that Disney's really smart with their marketing. And I think a part of this conversation keeps coming back to all that negative press that was going mm-hmm. around. But I think that no matter what, Disney's got a very strong stronghold in everything. So now is the time to take risks. But will will that happen? The Game of Game of Thrones was was still by far the highest rated thing HBO has ever done, and that it, that last season was bad, really bad. I think at the end of the day, we can't deny that the last season of Game of Thrones was very bad, and that it's still Game of Thrones, though. Like I, I, I you can't take away the fact that. It was the biggest thing on TV for years. That's actually a perfect example of like the Star Wars thing. Like that, that everyone was like, "I'm not enjoying this," and they'd come back week to week to week, <laughs> exactly, and the yeah. numbers would like improve it... and improve because it's still the event. Yeah. So I think it is okay to take risks, but will we? All right, guys. From one touchy topic on to the next. <sighs> Story number two today. So you might actually remember this conversation a little that I had with Koi and Jabby on the show once about playback speed and how Jabby in particular, he really wanted the option to watch content at a faster rate than intended. Apparently, Netflix is testing just that, and that's usually the first step for them actually to make this tool useful across the board on its platform. Wildly alarming, in my opinion, and the same goes for Judd Apatow as well. He took to Twitter and was super heated about all this. He writes, no, Netflix, no, don't make me have to call every director and show creator on Earth to fight you on this. Save me the time. I will win, but it will take a ton of time. Don't F with our timing. We give you nice things. Leave them as they were intended to be seen. He continued, distributors don't get to change the way the content is presented. Doing so is breaking. Doing so is a break breaking of trust and won't be tolerated by the people who provide it. Let the people who don't care put it in their contracts that they don't care. Most all do. 
Do I dare ask what you guys make of this possibility in Netflix's future? Because it is extremely alarming to me. Yeah, that's it's it's a hard pass for me. I I I don't understand. I it, I don't understand it. Like I, I I know people who listen to like audiobooks on one and a half speed, and I don't I don't understand that either. I, it's to me it's it's very strange to want to like consume the content as quickly as possible like it's very it's i I said this before and it's a little a little dramatic but it almost feels like dystopian that we're like i gotta upload the content into my brain as quickly as possible and it's like why is that how you need to consume art like how i don't i don't don't even net even netflix stuff which a lot of it isn't high art why do you need to get it into your head as quickly as possible? In attempt to understand this, you bring up audiobooks. I do listen to them faster well, than crazy. the regular no. speed. <laughs> part, part of the reason I do that is because you guys all know I listen to these audiobooks while I run. Mm-hmm. And they, they are read at a very deliberate pace, as they should be, to make sure you get every single word and every single pause in between. And when I run, I need it coming at me a little faster to keep me going. Yeah. So I'm just having a hard time justifying that stance on audiobooks, but also saying it's inappropriate because truly audiobooks, uh, I know a lot of people out there don't think that's really reading, but I think there's a real performance quality to it for the narrators over there. There is high production value now across the board when it comes to audiobooks. So maybe it is wrong of me to do that (laughs) and to ruin someone's performance that way. But for some reason, I feel more strongly about when it is a TV show or a movie and you have, you know, so the pacing of someone's editing, the pacing of some, someone's performance, the director's original tensions, basically all going out the window at a touch of a button. For me, this comes down to two things, both very personal. One, pan and scan is sacrilege. Uh, I remember when they used to reformat VHSs and they'd like mess with the widescreen by just chopping off the sides and zooming in or they'd pan and scan. This is that with timing. This is that with speed. This is sacrificing the integrity of the art. It's, it's when you listen to a remix, you know it's a remix. And that's okay if that's your intended goal. But when you're watching something that's so crafted by a hundred or a thousand people, you shouldn't just go like, no. And, and to me, that just feels wrong. And the other is uh, people complain that I talk too fast. And they're like, I listen to everyone else <laughs> in one and a half speed. But when I listen to Koi, I have to slow down to regular speed. Like, I've never understood my talking fast affecting others negatively if they're listening to everyone else at one and a half speed so it feels like if this is the intended pace that i experience the world at this is how i'm delivering my information so it's how these people are intending their things to come out like especially with i mean this i feel like this is why judd apatow in particular is so mad especially with the comedy comedy's all about timing. Timing, timing is everything so when they're rushing through a scene and horror suspense just, comedy yeah you're just getting hit with jokes or, or yeah or horror too you're just running through a, a tense scene and you're like i need to watch this tension as I quickly go as possible very yeah, quickly exactly. i gotta run through this room really fast I, I, well it kill it kills the value of certain scares too and i, I think that's something many undervalue while they're even making a movie is mm. is the need to have you know a very slow pace and a slow build to a scare and also so the importance of inserts, you know, so many people yeah, don't even like, bother to get insert shots because it's like, why do I need that door creaking open or the teeny tiny doorknob? It's but like you need that stuff. And I feel like if you don't have an understanding of that, and you're blowing through it. You're you're just completely wasting the value of every teeny tiny decision that adds to a big emotional or scare payoff. But to play complete devil's advocate. And I, I'm saying, like, I completely disagree with this decision. 
the speaking fast thing, I do tell people straight up, like, listen at 0.75 speed if you don't understand me, because that's on you. Like, I, when I listen to people talk and they speak slowly, I lose my mind because people bore me. So if something bores you and, like, you're watching Netflix, like, maybe that is a time for that, but... It's still, don't consider that the way you're meant to receive it. Don't I, think, consider that the I think if something bores you, you could just watch something There's else. a lot of content, <laughs> yeah, guys. I, I don't know. That's the thing. Like, why? I, I think the argument is like, well, you know, Netflix stuff isn't that good. I could just watch as quickly as possible. I'm like, or you could just watch something else. Like, you don't, you don't have to watch all the content. The only, ben- <laughs> the only benefit I personally see to it is the fact that I sometimes procrastinate and I have, like, a deadline the next day. Like, for, like, content creators, I'm like, maybe I could see the benefit. But I'm genuinely curious, and I'm sure there are people out there who disagree with us, I'm genuinely curious what they think the benefit is. Because to me, I I I don't... Get it. I just one, don't get it. It just hurts the one content. One possible yeah. benefit could be, you know, let's say season three of a show is coming up and you want to be able to jump in, but you don't have time to watch seasons one and two. If you watch it at a faster pace, it's a lower time commitment. I, and that's I that's totally true. But I just it, it's weird to me that we've turned like watching TV into like a competitive sport and you're like, oh, no, I'm not caught up. Like, I, like it's I, a I, good way to describe it. It yeah. really it really does feel that way i try not to treat it like that too but there are so many times where someone will tell me the show is so great and like i have such like deep fomo and like envy that i don't have the free time to watch that it really eats away at me but to me it's to me it just feels like going to like a a restaurant not even a very nice restaurant but a restaurant where a lot of people put a lot of effort into that food and you just just shove it in your face like immediately and it's like did you enjoy it yeah i I agree this is like turning netflix and all you can eat buffet which it has been but this is the next step towards it being to like on a cruise shoving your face into the yeah like now it's like we didn't really reheat it (laughs) well like now it's just like getting in the calories and you're not actually eating the food and that's a problem the content is not sustaining you you're not you're not you don't need to watch all the netflix to live your life uh, and and i do think completionism with content is a problem i used to have and i've been working on it like i've been chipping away at like everybody's saying the show's good i'm like i just don't have time i'll never watch it i can't watch every single berlanti show anymore like i i I host collider heroes and i'm like you have 19 comic book shows i just can't if you saw the list of must watch things i have it's embarrassing must watch it means i'll never watch to bring the audiobook thing back into the equation though so what i'm thinking right now is the difference is the way that the original source material was intended to be ingested and when it comes to a book you know yes you're getting the author's words but it's also on you to read at mm-hmm. the pace that you want to read which is why it would make more sense maybe to speed up an audiobook to match your personal pace because reading a book it's all about imagination and feel and what you bring to it too in addition to what the author gives you whereas when you're watching a tv show or movie that you know has uh, an individual's creative touch from like the top down to you know the director a pa or a props person that had a certain influence on a little thing it's like all of that was intended to be viewed a certain way i mean look at all the conversations we have too on you know watching something at home versus on the big screen mm-hmm. watching something with the right projection the right sound making sure the theater is pitch black and no one's like using a phone to there's so many factors that go into making sure 
sure that you are getting the director's vision and what they intend. And, um, you know, bringing up what we were talking about before <laughs> about aligning with certain filmmakers, if this is something that Netflix does, like, could you imagine Martin Scorsese being like, okay, put say, double yeah. speed imagine on the Irishman. Imagine telling man, you watch The Irishman at one this, and a half speed. It's, this could you would hurt watch them. Martin Scorsese's head explode off of his shoulders. I mean, I wonder how realistic it is what Judd Apatow says, you know, put it in your contract because you're not going to make deals with folks like Martin Scorsese if they have, if viewers have the option to watch the movie a way you didn't intend for it to be watched. We're living at this new frontier of streaming while movie theaters are having a hard time keeping up. So everyone's been talking about simultaneously we're in streaming wars and we're also having the Marty Scorsese's, the Francis Ford Coppola's, the Ed Norton's coming out and having their statements about what cinema is the death of and why cinema's dying. And I agree with Ed Norton, I think, the most. Like, the, the cinema experience of going, sitting through 100 trailers, having the projector not be right, having it not be actually, like, the peak performance of a movie, that's what you go to the theater for, is peak performance of a movie. Like, you're there to be in the film out as it was intended. If streaming starts to do worse than that, like, I get mad when the projector's not bright enough, the sound's not right. If they suddenly take away my right to pacing, or, like, they're not going to tell me I have to watch it one and a half speed. <laughs> Everything is if, at one and a half speed. Yeah, I only can. But if other people are watching it that way and they're not experiencing it, like, if you watch Breaking Bad at one and a half times speed and I have a conversation with you about, mm. like, the tension, we're going to have a different experience. We watch like, different shows. Uh, yeah, that's And, that's, and that's, that's what I mean thing. about the movie theater. Like, if someone watched Ad Astra and the, the lumens was down, like, to you know, 20%, they would have seen a different movie than I saw. Mm -hmm. And Netflix is, uh, not just Netflix, all streaming is already taking away the, 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 the connectivity, the community of watching TV. I, I really do feel like Game of Thrones is one of the last things we're going to watch together. The fact that... Like Watchmen is, I'm hoping. Yeah, well, I, I wish. Hoping not that it ends, but hoping that Watchmen brings but, the Game um, of Thrones back. But it's like, it's almost like, it's the, if we change the way we even watch Netflix, there's just going to be no way to discuss a TV show. Like you said... We're, we're, we're all going to be watching different things. Rather than do this, I still go back to the idea that all these streaming platforms need to find a new tool to add to increase the connectivity. So it's like by not having weekly event viewing, they've taken away the feel that we got from something like Game of Thrones. But why not get creative? Put your heads together. Use those deep pockets to create a tool that recreates that for your products in a new way. I know a lot of editors that could use some work and you chop up 12, episodes, 12 hours into a one-hour recap instead of having you watch it at twice the speed. Like, make make a recap video that is actually yeah. authentically a movie, and then you dive in. And then that that's giving people work, and you're not sacrificing it as much. I guess it is, it is important to also note that Netflix did release a statement, and they were like, everyone relax. We're just testing it. We're, it, it, it doesn't mean we're definitely going to do it. And as we learned from... Benioff and Weiss, companies do listen to feedback. They do they do respond to what the people are saying. And I just on a personal level, I've only seen negative feedback to this. Mm -hmm. And I I if if it's just a resounding pass from everyone, I, I could see Netflix being like, All right, sorry like sorry. <laughs> like Princess Bride too. So you do think that Hard this pass. is not gonna the go through? I if it is, it's not gonna be something uh, we see for a while, it'll be something that'll be fine-tuned into into something you barely notice. Because, again, this is just a just from personal experience. I've only seen people being like, "Why would you do that? Don't do that." So none of us really know all that much about how Netflix <laughs> gets right. views. <laughs> so now it's making me think by offering double time. I mean, does that just give them license to up their numbers? Because isn't isn't the rule well, that they have to that they have to watch something like seventy? 
percent of a movie in order for it to count? Yeah, their numbers. Well, we don't know. We don't know. Like you, like you said, we don't know anything about their numbers. And the stuff they have said is 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 wonky at best. It's it's like this many people have watched it, but what that means is this many people sort of like passed by it on the kids. It's very confusing. And this will make it even more confusing because it's like someone sped through a season. Did they really watch it? Their ratings are already impossible to decipher, mm-hmm. and this this will make them harder to decipher. And uh, I don't think that's good for a network where we don't know anything about the way they renew and cancel TV shows. I've always wanted to see the Alvin and the Chipmunks equal cut of Citizen Kane, so now <laughs> I have my dream realized. <laughs> that's, that's so here I am. If they do one and a half speed, it's like, are they going to keep cranking it up? Can you, can yeah, you, like, what can you just watching? blow through the Irishman in like 20 minutes and be like, I watched the Irishman. We're like, so close to both Wally and Clockwork Orange style, just dystopian eye peeled futures. Like, we're right to there. To me, Let's it go. reminded me of like The Matrix, where he just like uploaded just Kung in. Fu into his yeah. brain. He's just like, you're going to sit there and just be like, all right, I watched the Irishman. As much as I want gonna, all content all I know the time, the I don't want that yeah. version of it. All right, we're going to uh, continue covering this story as it develops over at Netflix. But right now, we got to tell you about a very, very cool piece of content that you get to watch. Hey, maybe Koi is in this, and Koi always does a great job with comic book shopping. Here's a promo. I'm Coy Jandro, this is Comic Book Shopping, and I'm here with Damon Lindelof. How are you doing, man? I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me. This show is canceled. Maybe not the polar bear. Yeah, exactly. The fact that I get to do this for a living is is incredible. Joking. Oh my God, what? The John Carpenter. We are doing some comic book shopping in honor of Watchmen, which I am dying to dive into. I am so excited, but first, we should buy some comics. Oh, we absolutely should. We are at Golden Apple. Are you ready? Let's do it. Let's, Let's take a bite. Let's do it. You do not want to miss the full episode of that show, guys. Trust me. Damn. It's great. All right. But we have to... I hate this transition. We have to move on to a not so and finally, great story. Now, some more unpleasant it news. Is, it is well worth discussing, though, because it is another form of content manipulation, in a sense. Um, a bunch of people who flew on Delta recently realized that some of the content has been removed from the movie Booksmart. And it pertains to uh, the queer identity in the movie that uh, Caitlin Deaver's character's arc experiences very heavily. It's a major part of the movie, and it's super important, and it wasn't in it. And we've got a whole bunch of quotes from the folks involved in the movie. Olivia Wilde told uh, Variety, there's insane violence of bodies being smashed in half, and yet a love scene between two women is censored from the film. It's such an integral part of this character's journey. I don't understand it. My heart just broke. I'm trying to get to the bottom of it. I want people to experience the entire film. Caitlin Deaver chimed in. I don't even know what to say to that. That makes me so mad. And then Beanie Feldstein wrote, we're on the case to get this rectified. Our movie is a beautiful representation of the queer experience as young people. I'm a queer person, so we're getting to the bottom of it. Don't worry. If you can watch me and Skylar kiss, you can watch Diana and Caitlin kiss. So you guys see this report. I like... 
I don't know. I think I kind of shared Caitlin Deaver's response where I, I don't even know what to make of it, especially when you think of the fact that like someone watched this movie and made this decision, made this decision that like Beanie Feldstein said, she could kiss Skylar Gazzando, but Diana Silvers and Caitlin Deaver can't in plain viewing. I don't understand. Yeah, it's 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 weird because like I, I, I know that plain plain censorship is aggressive like I, i've watched some chopped and screwed movies on a plane like i, I watched the new hellboy on a plane the Netflix it, it was cut. like 25 minutes long yeah, exactly <laughs> but uh that's on some level understandable like i i if i'm sitting next to a kid the kid looks over and someone's getting their head chopped off you're like all right that's but but to to censor something that doesn't need to be censored then it becomes an opinion of the person censoring it and that is Terrifying. It's terrifying for for someone to to watch that movie and be like, any 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 queer storyline can't be in it because that's not appropriate. That's not understandable. That's 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 someone making a decision that something is wrong that isn't wrong. And that to me is is the is there's no good. I was gonna say that's the wrong kind of censorship. There's no there's no good kind of censorship. But to me, that's that's scarier than if it was just edited. One of the things that scares me most about like the future of this country is that violence is so encouraged and and being open with your sexuality and being open with love like hate being encouraged and love being discouraged will always bother me and that we that live in a society where love is not something you do in public but hate is something you celebrate and that's so much of the problem with our content with our news with our the way we're raising kids and this is like the embodiment of that so for me love especially in book smart which is such a nuanced slow burn you feel these characters fall in love you feel them discover things you feel this character learn she feels the way she does so that is an integral part of the movie to take that away in 2019 is just gross. Like, this this reads like something you'd hear about in another country and go like, wow, I'm glad I don't live there. No, no, it's here. So I, I personally, I saw this developing on Twitter, and I thought it was... I thought it was someone trying to get Olivia Wilde's attention. Uh, like I thought it was like, oh, I was on a plane and this happened. And I was like, oh, they just want to talk to Olivia Wilde. And I thought, it was, and then it like was real. And I was like, there's no way a major airline did this in 2019. And it's it's so despicable that we can have someone get like bloodied up and eviscerated and maimed, or even movies that are completely uncut and there's just like actual visceral sex happening on yeah. the row in front of you. But like girls kissing is a problem. It's it's. I don't understand the thought process, and I and I hope I never understand the thought process. Also, the movie, also the, the arc just doesn't make sense. Yeah, the like, movie doesn't make sense. Like, there's there's like, no like, movie. I, the movie would end, you'd be like, well, what happened? It's yeah. like, like one chunk yeah. of Groundhog's Day. Yeah, exactly. It's just like that. Especially with, like, uh, you know, a scene towards the end. It's like, well, where does that come from yeah. then? Like, the credits just roll, and you're like, <laughs> I guess that, all right. I don't know. That I, is. I would really love to see just a list of things that uh, airlines must take out of their It's like the last thing I watched where something was noticeably taken out was I, wa- I was watching almost famous and the plane scene was taken out and huh. like i know that's a thing that if there's you know a plane crash or the yeah. threat of a plane crash they'll take that out i guess but but sometimes you're watching a movie and you're like and you put your hands like i like i've been on planes and been like oh no. oh yeah sometimes sometimes they're just like, like oh this isn't censored at all oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like how's yeah. that decision made we're like yeah. oh i'm so sorry but yeah i uh it, to me it's 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 the it's scary. I, I, I don't. I, it's, I don't want to make too much of a of a thing of it because it, it's something that will obviously be addressed and because it, it's been noticed now. But to me, it's scary that that's something that a a major company thought it no one would notice was taken out of a movie because that that like I like I said, that's them 
policing what they think is right and wrong when it comes to sexuality. It's not a, it's not, you're not trying to protect anyone from anything that should be protected from at all. And that, Mm -hmm. that's, that is objectively wrong. I watched the entirety of uh, that Amanda Seyfried, uh, where she played the porn star. Um, Oh, um, the, I covered that movie. Yeah, I watched the entirety of that movie on a plane because I wasn't I think thinking. I know that movie. And it wasn't censored. And it's I remember cool. I remember watching it and being like, what have I done? And I was enjoying the movie, so I didn't want to stop. But I was also like in that really uncomfortable, like when you're watching American yeah, Pie with your parents. Like I was in that like, oh, what have I done? So it became this really weird like flight. But that was about porn. Yeah. And I watched you it made in that its choice entirety. to watch the porn yeah, movie on I the airplane. That's on, that that's narrative on you. porn on I'm film. I'm trying so hard to remember the title of that movie without looking it up. But it was all about I Right? All I could, yeah, all, uh, all I can think about right now is the is the Amanda Seyfried Julianne Moore movie. Chloe is that the the Adam McGoy movie? That's that a different movie. movie. You know, that's a completely <laughs> different movie. But this one had Chris Knopf in it, right? Yeah, I believe so. But yeah, this movie and I was know. on a plane uncensored. <laughs> right, so I just I, those those parallels like that's a scary that you can have a movie about porn and be you know somewhat pornographic it, in its nature. It all makes absolutely no sense. I think uh, the one silver lining I find in this situation is that we have filmmakers like Olivia Wilde, Caitlin Deaver, and Beanie Feldstein out there who aren't just going to like roll over and let it happen. They're standing up for the thing that they care so much about. I mean, in particular Booksmart. So I love Booksmart all on its own, but one of the things that really kind of caught on with me this year is just how passionate they were about the film and how you could feel the love that the cast had for each other radiate. I actually think that truly makes it an even better movie, but the fact that they are willing to, you know, stand by their movie and make sure that this is an issue that gets addressed. I think that is super important because who knows how many other times this has probably happened out there and we haven't even heard of it. And I think that's one of the most disturbing mm. elements about, about this. I have to look up the title <laughs> of the movie the before of my head explodes. And that is the positivity of Twitter, that there are good things like bringing notice to things that should be discussed yeah. as opposed to all this, the negativity of I, Twitter. I, I don't think this would have even been an issue if we didn't have a way to like bring it directly yeah. to live a while. And Lovelace. Lovelace! Okay. About the person Big plane movie. Yes, you know, sometimes you watch Lovelace on a plane because you're half asleep and oh no. Yeah. Um, I was about to say, don't watch Lovelace on a plane, watch Booksmart, but I don't want you to watch it like this. So seriously, I cannot recommend Booksmart enough. Go find any platform, whether it's DVD, Blu-ray, any, you know, streaming service, buy it on iTunes. I don't care. Not to be missed movie of 2019. All right, let's get... Just don't watch it on a Delta Airlines flight. Yes. Watch it anywhere. I'm ver- actually, I'm very flight. curious. I'm flying JetBlue this week, and if I go on that plane and that movie is on there, I will watch it just because now I'm curious to see if it changes from airline to airline. I would be. I, yeah. that's, I, 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 would, I would love to know what the standards are across the, the various airlines. Because like, like, like we've said, I've watched, I've watched movies that were barely a movie. And I've watched movies where I was like, oh, they cut nothing. And this yeah, poor it's child, really weird. This poor child. It's just like, I, I'd love to know what. And then working that in, I'd love to know how they got to the point where they're like, we can't show two women kissing on a plane. Crazy. It's a nonsense. Nonsense story there. I don't like it. And you know what? In order, I I wish. In order to end this episode on a high note, there's no other better place to turn to than cats. And did you guys know it's national? It's National Cat Day. Thanks for letting us know, Alex Dom, who also wants to know what is your pick for the best movie cat. Mine is Puss in Boots. 
the best movie cat, uh, it will it will be uh, Taylor Swift in the December twentieth, twenty nineteen film. Be, it's cats. either going to be Taylor the Swift only, or Judy Dench cat. I don't know only, which one. Or Idris Elba's <laughs> spooky villain cat. Honestly, it will be the cast of Cats. The only film I would support watching at one and a half times speed because that because <laughs> uh, that would be hilarious. I will say. Banks and Hocus Pocus. She's uh, Ho- now. I, I keep yes. saying wow, that synergy. I keep that saying it now. I have not Watch stopped Hocus doing Focus it though since Collider. we started Hocus Pocus. It's incredible. That last. Ep- I'm not even just saying this to promote it, but that last episode of Hocus Pocus with Beck Bennett was like really good. Um, the one, the other one that I wanted to say was, um, and you know, this we're not reviewing the movie yet, but there's a cat in uh, Doctor Sleep that gets a big thumbs up in my book. Sally Field and Homer Bound. Uh, is incredible. I love uh, that movie. The cat and the crow is slept on. That, mm. that cat's great. That cat does a lot of uh, some nuanced work. Uh, and Garfield by Bill Murray. No, no, the first two. Just those first two. <laughs> Mike Myers in uh, the the live action oh, cat yeah. in the hat movie. Uh, terrifying. <laughs> the bald cat in Austin Powers. The bald cat. Pretty much. Has there ever been a bad movie cat? Like, can you name it one where you're like, I wish this. What's a, what's, a, what's a CG live action hybrid movie? I'm sure there's a bad cat in one of those. Uh, the Lion King. The entirety of the new Lion King. Uh, <laughs> that did, was all CGI. I did not like one that. live action frame. I did not there's, enjoy those cats. There's those cats some movie out, out there where, the, where a cat is like actually talking, but also given, you know, like human like facial. Did Kevin Spacey do one of those? Did Kevin Spacey just do like a cat? No, that's not a cat. That's the And that's a movie that is so ridiculous. It's kind of fun to watch. Have a beer and put on nine lives. Watch it on a plane. Watch it on a plane. Right. Perfect plane movie. That that movie is. We've suddenly pitched a lot of good drinking movies and movies yeah. that would work on Netflix. We're not speaking. There's a lot of entire entire show. Show. overlap between movies heavily featuring cats and movies that you should watch very drunk. You know, know a shockingly good what drinking movie. Uh, I think Cats oh, will no. be one, but Les Mis great drinking movie. Yeah, because you get all riled up. Yeah, you're, you're like, like feeling oh, it. You take you, to the streets every time they sing a number or like sing themselves to death. Drink and solid. Anytime the crow lands when Russell Crowe appears suddenly. I was about to say we've ended this on a positive note, but that's a question. Right back to death you do you, guys. Thank you so much for spending your Tuesday morning here on Movie Talk. Uh, no, Adam. Adam, feel better. Please feel better. And Cody in the booth, thank you so much for stepping in today. Dorian in the live chat, thank you for your help. As always, guys, do not leave this episode of Movie Talk without liking and sharing. And after you leave this episode, don't go anywhere else but Collider Live. They kick off at 9 a.m. Pacific and then come right back here tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. PT. We have a brand new episode of Movie Talk, and we have a really, really cool guest for you tomorrow. If you're a fan of Vsauce content, you're not going to want to miss it. See you tomorrow morning. Stay little chico, pit bull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 
November 11th, 2020. This is for Comcast Xfinity Black Friday online audio. Spot title, Xfinity Black Friday 30 OLA-NED. ISKI code, CCIH0068000. Length, 30 seconds. Welcome to big savings on the internet mobile you need to stay connected during the Xfinity Black Friday sales event. For a limited time, when you get Xfinity Internet and Xfinity Mobile, you can get a $200 prepaid card. Plus, ask how to get up to $300 off eligible phones for up to $500 in savings. But hurry, these awesome savings end December 7th. So visit Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit an Xfinity store today. Restrictions apply. Based on root metrics by IHS Markets Root Score Reports 2H2020 of four mobile networks.